this guy. They didn't hear that. <coughs> they didn't hear that either. Horns, horns, horns. Only posers to listen. Hi, everybody. I'm super tired, but I'm not. Uh, what is it? We've been recording all day. Uh, this is uh, another episode of Only Posers Don't Listen to Podcasts. Uh, what is it? Today we are covering... Constance Cop. The first female sheriff... Of America. Of America. <laughs> for uh, Women's History Month. This is... Uh, is this the last... No, we have one other... One uh, more. One more uh, Women's History episode yes. to do. We're all very tired. Um, just... <laughs> I, yeah. You know, it's hard to be on, guys. <laughs> it's hard to just be on for you. I've been hosting the Tom's River Clubhouse all day. You know, the funny is running out. I'm running low on funny. <laughs> I think this is four out of five episodes. If Yeah, four out of five episodes. Today? Something like that, yeah. And then we have to do a live stream after this um, and another episode because we're awesome. Because um, I've chosen way too many people. You, you did a good job, and we want to execute all this stuff, especially while people are home and like able to digest it. And have nothing better to do, so they're like, oh, I'm bored now, so I'm just going to listen to a podcast. Unless you guys want to play video games with me, I'll give you my Switch uh, account. You can I tell you which one mine is on PlayStation 4. We play video games. <laughs> so, Constance Cop. Constance Cop. Yes. Like the baseball player? Sure. I don't know who that is. Die Cop? I don't know who that is. Uh, he's a very, very famous baseball player. Okay. He's considered one of the best baseball players. Ty Cobb is his name. Okay. It's with a C. Um, but uh, what do you call it? He's considered one of the greatest baseball players to ever lived. Also, incredibly racist. Uh, he uh, attacked a black man who uh, booed him in the audience once. He played for the Tigers, I believe. Oh, um, he was a very, he got married when he was like really young, when he was like 15. They made a movie about him. Uh, um, Tommy Lee Jones played him in the movie. It's called Cobb. The Cobb salad is his recipe, apparently. I don't know if that's actually true. Oh. Or, or, <laughs> I might have made that up. <laughs> <laughs> Shortly after 8 o'clock on a J- July morning in 1914, the 6-foot, 180-pound Constance Cop got into a car accident with the notorious silk factory. She weighed more than me. That's all I want to point out is that this person has like 30 pounds on her. She has like 80 pounds on me. <laughs> you weigh nothing. You weigh like, there are like bags of feathers that weigh more than you. All right? Like... I'm, I'm, you, you have shoes on at all times so that you don't float away. <laughs> With the notorious silk factory magnet Henry Kaufman, Miss Cop and two friends were driving in a buggy through the east side in Patterson. A buggy. In Patterson. A local New Jersey newspaper reported on the scene. Woo! New Jersey! They stopped at the corner of Carroll Street and Hamilton Ave for light refreshments. I wonder if it was the Hamilton Cafe. Oh, remember that place, guys? It probably wasn't then. This is like in the 1940s. Ni- 1914s. You don't remember Hamilton ca- ca- Cafe? Oh, yeah, you didn't go there. That was, I guess, before your time. They used to do a bunch of shows there. 
shit. Yeah, a bunch of shows. Hamilton Cafe and Bloomfield Cafe used to do a bunch of shows. A minute later, Clothman, according to Cop Story, came along in his automobile and struck the wagon, breaking the shaft. He's got an automobile. They had a buggy. It was a day that would change Cop change cops life forever it ended up making her the first female sheriff in the united states this whole situation yeah that's crazy how do they dub sheriffs man they just handing them out i guess yeah what is that find out (laughs) because i do know that back in the day like if you were a sheriff in like a small town or whatever in the wild west or whatever Mm -hmm. you were usually like pretty much the most respected person it was just like kind of a like a um a voted Kind of through popular vote of the, the the culture, like your area or whatever. Some people, you know, tried out for it or you were sent by a district like the ta- the state would send you to an area to be the sheriff. That also happened. But they did uh, they did do elections. Constance, Constance, a Brooklyn Knight who'd moved to Wyckoff, New Jersey. New due, Jersey. Due to some personal drama, wrote to Coffee. Personal drama. That's a little times. suspicious right there. Very New Jersey. I went through a bad breakup. (laughs) Invoicing him for the damage done to her family's mode of transportation. When he ignored her, she sued. Instead of repayment, she started getting getting threatening letters from Kaufman and his buddies, signed with things like Friends of HK. The the letters were similar to those being sent by black handers, mobsters who threatened wealthy families in order to extract payment. Interesting. Eventually, Kaufman's cohort also demanded money and threatened to kidnap Florentine, I think that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, that's right. Cop's teenage sister to sell her into white slavery, which is sex trafficking in Chicago. They called it white slavery? Yep. That's weirdly racist. Like, that's a weird <laughs> kind of racism right there that you would, like, consider sex trafficking better than regular slavery or something. Like, oh, we're just going to give you the white kind of slavery. Like, that's horrible. When Kopp continued her refusal to drop the suit, Kaufman and his cronies began prowling around the cop's farmhouse at night, shooting at the building and windows. Shit, bro. They're serious. In response, Constance went to the police, which in 1914 wasn't a very formal institution, but more of a ragtag group of untrained guys who rounded up other able-bodied men to help them in whatever search for innocence or hunt for a criminal they were carrying out. There wasn't much accountability either, and the cops Constance turned to were likely paid off by or scared off the wealthy Kaufman family. Really? Damn. Dude, crime back in the day was sick, bro. I'd be so good at crime back in, like, the early 1900s. That's all I'd want. I'd get in a time machine and go back to, like, 1904 and fucking raw people, bro. It would be so easy. Do you ever see Paper Moon? You ever see that movie? No. You would love it. I, I, you would especially love it, Sarah. Okay, it's a movie. It's like it takes place during like uh, the Depression, and this young girl it starts off. This young girl, her parents die. Her mother passes away, or whatever. And this guy shows up, um, kind of claiming to be her father, and um. He says, hey, listen, like she has some distant aunts that she's supposed to go to. I'll make sure she gets there and take care of her and stuff. All I need is some money to get her there, you know? So they give him some money to get make sure she gets there. And he ends up having like some scam to get her there really cheap. 
Like he's just going to pay a train and take the rest of the money. Mm -hmm. And she realizes that he's screwing the ants and he's probably not her father. So he's like, you owe me that money. That's what she says to him. I think it was like 200 bucks. That was like a lot of money back then. So she's like, you owe me that $200. Like that's my money. And they, they end up like becoming friends and they, uh, they travel the country together, pulling scams on it, on people during the great depression. Like, they do this scam where like they read the obituaries and when someone dies, they go to the family's house and they show up with a Bible with their name on it that he just like makes right there. And he's like, oh, your, your, your relative that passed away, like he, he acts like he didn't even know. And he's like, oh, they ordered this Bible. It's like $10 or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they got the family, you know, name on it and everything. And they, and that's how he like pulls this little scam to, to get people to buy Bibles uh, throughout the thing and she even helps him with the scam and like he gets him even more money and they travel the country uh, you guys ever see um, Young Frankenstein Hell yeah. do you know the woman in Young Frankenstein that falls in love with Frankenstein that's Bruce that's uh, Mel Brooks's actual wife in real life that actress she's the love interest in this movie Paper Moon I highly recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it it's in black and white you will see a little girl smoke Cigarettes yeah, she smokes constantly. She she's smokes yeah. The <laughs> image for the movie, they take. I've always wanted to recreate this photo. Like it's like a cute idea with a couple. Aside the fact that they're not a couple in the in the movie. Yeah, it's a little but weird. But people do people recreate it as like a couple photo nowadays. Like somebody dresses up as the girl and somebody dresses up as the guy, but they're not a couple in the movie at all. It's not even indicated that he's like sexual towards her in any way. But there's this awesome photo they take together where there's like a fake moon and it says paper moon under like that's like the the idea behind the name of the movie. And she's smoking a cigarette sitting on the moon, like the half of the moon and he's sitting with her like taking the photo and it's it's an awesome photo. Uh, yeah, have you ever seen the movie The Sting? It's an old movie. He he's the main character in that movie too. I can't remember the the, the actor's name, but it's an amazing film if you haven't seen it before. It takes a, a lot a place during the depression. It leads into like, do you do you know like how NASCAR started? Mm-hmm. It started with bootleggers. Uh, they would soup up their cars to get away from cops, and then eventually they started a, a fucking uh, a sport based on it. Um. They loot into that. They deal with some bootleggers that have the souped up cars and all kinds of crazy shit. They have to travel town to town to get away from the cops. And if they drive into another district, the cat, the town can't, you know, the cop can't chase them and shit. It's fucking great. When the story was told, Henry Kaufman, the owner of the motor vehicle, was drunk and rowdy when the accident occurred. Whether or not that part of it was true, it is known that Henry, officially called Harry, when mentioned in the papers, was rich, powerful, and a man. Constance Cop was none of these things. Although sources leave who was really at fault, uncertainty. I, honestly, if anybody ever says in the past that somebody was drunk, I believe it. Like, usually, I, <laughs> like, like if, the, you know, if you like, like, we will eventually do this stuff that what I, like, we're doing a lot of history stuff lately and we've been doing the women's history most recently. I'd like to do some more music stories. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of great, if you ever seen the movie 24 Hour Party People, if you're a punk rock fan, watch this movie. Um, it, it, it talks about the significance. It really is a good representation of how significant 
one individual who probably doesn't even play music is so significant in the art of music and its progression. The movie starts off where they're at a, a Sex Pistols show that I think is in Texas or some like random part of America. And there's only 37 people there. And it's like the night, it's like 1979. And there, and he walks into the place and he goes, I'm at the Sex Pistols show in America during their only US tour, original US tour. There's no one here. It's a total failure. Mm-hmm. And he goes, there's 37 people here, but every single person in this room changes music over the next 30 years. He goes, the people that set up the show, they're the buzzcocks in the back of the room. And you can see the buzzcocks like standing mm-hmm. there. And he's pointing at all these record executives and all these people like started music and all these different like blondies there and like all these random like, you know, people that will become insanely influential in music. They're all there. The um, I think Velvet Underground was there. Like all these other people. And he's there. And he, this guy ran the record label that eventually got Joy Division. And then eventually had New World Order after the singer Joy Division killed himself. And they, they cover that whole error. It's a very interesting movie. But what I was going to relate to with this story. There's a part in the movie where there's, they like indicate that him and his wife cheated on each other. And then there's a scene where you see like an old man go, I don't remember it that way. And that's the actual guy that the movie is based on. And they stop for a second and they say, this was a rumor. You know, like there's no actual credible evidence to this happening. But in and when it comes to like, when you're writing a book, you you always print the rumor. You don't print the, mm-hmm. you don't print the history. So a lot of times in history, sometimes fanatical stories kind of aren't the truth they're just like tidbits that people won't let go of you know and this is like but i believe anytime someone's drunk i believe it (laughs) um it makes sense that coffin would try to weasel out paying a fine for the buggy he smashed when constance still lived in brooklyn with her mother and her sister norma who was one of the friends in the car with her during the accident with kaufman she got into what her contemporaries would have called trouble she had an affair with a singer sewing machine salesman. Was she married? I don't think so. So how do you have an affair with somebody if you're not married? Oh, is it back in those times where if you're not yeah, married, yeah. It's, a, it's considered an affair? Yeah. That's stupid. So stupid. Even worse, he was a Jew. Oh my Wait, God. you said that real racist. Yeah. All right, take that back, Sarah. It I know. the way it was written. Oh, it was written that way. Yeah, God damn, Sarah. You're going to get us in trouble. You're going to get a fucking cancel. Holy shit. The way you say it, you're like, even worse, he was a Jew. You know, like, whoa. <laughs> I'm just reading it the way it's meant to be read. <laughs> you said it even worse that time. Like, you're not whoa. helping yourself at all. It says after it, not a great thing to be at the turn of the century. I mean, oh, well, no, I mean, <laughs> finish the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> even, even worse, he got her pregnant. Man, you're just digging a hole here. Yeah, all right. Let's, um, let's get out of this hole. Are you damn digging a hole here for us here? Whoever wrote um, this article, yeah, just trying to make us, you know. And it's it like that. I what is it with everything that's going on right now? We have the whole like uh, coronavirus and stuff like that. I am a conspiracy theory person. I like conspiracy theories. I don't believe them. I just enjoy reading about them and like the the culture behind them. I find I find it very interesting that people live in this like totally non-reality you know in the same sense that i think it's interesting that people are super religious like i find it interesting that you don't live in reality that you like made up your own reality and live in this world where like you think this imaginary creature watches you or something 
with the coronavirus thing, ever since it started, people have been going crazy with the the conspiracy theories, and now they're just out of control. And and I do feel that conspiracy theories all relate to racism. Like I feel like the majority, the people that get the craziest with it, not the the, but the people that you can't bring back to rationale, they always have some underlining hate in them, and it's always anti-Semitic. I don't know why. <laughs> She was <clears throat> she was only nineteen, and so the really de- damn the details of what exactly went on between her and the singer salesman are unknown. Though it was later that's not inappropriate. That's inappropriate. That means though it was later discovered Florentine was in fact the daughter of the unwed Constance Cop, claimed as her adopted sister in order to keep reputations intact. Florence, that's such a dirty trick. That's why she moved to New Jersey. <sighs> It's, it's such a dirt, like, I, I do know one or two people that had that, like, that weird situation where, like, they were pregnant and then their mom had a baby, you know? And ended up oh, they, yeah. they weren't pregnant or something like that. And now their mom, like, what? dude, yeah, like, that that's, I, I've seen that. That's a very common thing, actually. That uh, can happen? Yeah, it ha- it's actually very common for people to lie and say, like, a daughter that had a baby didn't have the baby and they treat they grow her up as like the daughter yeah. and the mother treats her like that's her daughter because they hide it from everyone and that's a way of hiding it but keeping the baby in the wow, family and dude. stuff it's it, it's it, like if you look into like old aristocratic families in the early turn of the century that's their tactic because this is before when abortion was like insanely dangerous because it was in completely illegal they had no actual procedure of how to go about it, and um, you know, pe- you know, they didn't want to have their daughter die in mm-hmm. the process, so they would just do that. Florentine found out at Constance's funeral that Florentine was in touch with her dad later in life, so the thing was confirmed. Wow. Constance was a rare, robust, and active woman, which was clear early in her adult life. She attempted to study medicine and law, but became neither nurse nor lawyer since her mother wouldn't allow her to complete the courses. Really? Constantine's pregnancy, Florentine's birth, and the family's subsequent move from Brooklyn, New York to Wyckoff, New Jersey, may have been just the thing to give Constance the freedom she desired. In her new environment, no one would question Florentine's origins, and Constance would be labeled a tramp. The farm was firmly isolated a bit of a ride away from the main town, Patterson, and became of their father's frequent absences. It fell to Constance, the eldest of the three cop sisters, to be the man of the house. In other words, she was the one who took responsibility when push came to shove and her buggy was overturned by a large black car. You know, there's a theme that we're getting with a lot of these stories and all the stories, especially the ones we did today. They just have an attitude that, like, this is what you do as a woman. Mm-hmm. Anything beyond that is not a woman. And, like, it's we... It, once again, have you met women? <laughs> like, like, I just... I, I don't understand their their attitude. It's like like they've never actually dealt with women. Like, <laughs> like, like I don't I don't understand back then. I'm not, I would love to go back then and see if they're like, are they quieter (laughs) are they like less are they just like keeping it cool or something like what's going on here because 
I'm terrified of all women, rightfully so, because they're they're smarter than me. <laughs> And, and and all of these stories they have these they have this attitude towards them that um I don't quite get I, I well, just, it was like a, it was a whole system dude. it to keep them like because like I don't dudes can beat up women I just realistically no no I understand like, that I, I understand that, the, like, the brute strength <laughs> like I get no and like back I, in the day like no like if there wasn't fucking a can- the invention of the camera yet. Who the fuck is like? No, no, I get, I get that. Bad people got away with that, everything. So I guess that people just lived in that much fear. Yeah. That like, like that's the only way I can understand it is that like women lived in that much fear, uh, more so than even now. That like to the point where they just wouldn't even that's what stand you- up in so many ways. It, it's just like weird and under my perspective because I was taught by every. Like, the only really, truly good things I feel like my father taught me is like, oh my God, be afraid of them. Just be as nice as you possibly can. <laughs> like, oh, they'll ruin your life, bro. Like, there's nothing you can do. Like, like, like you've lost, we've all lost. Like, just surrender, you know? And, but that attitude, like, but that attitude of, like, jokingly, that attitude of, like, yeah, just have a lot more respect for them. Than, than you do normal people because like they deserve that more respect. I weirdly agree with, you know, in this, it, like, I don't know, dealing like women have a broader scale than, than most men that I meet, you know, I like, I can get along with guys for the most part, yeah. but I always like, I it's the whole thing when you're a straight dude, it's like dating girls. You're like, oh fuck, I'm so fucked. Like, walk, <laughs> you're like, walk up to the situation. Like, I'm sorry, I'm here. I just thought maybe if you weren't busy, like I talk to you. And, you know, it, 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 I just don't get how anybody's attitude is anything other than that. Like their attitude is like, fuck you, get out of my way. Like, yeah. you know, like, yeah, I just like don't get it. And how they get laid doing it. <laughs> you know, like how, like, because there are dudes you'll meet throughout, like, we were joking last night, we saw some movie or something. I think it was Sopranos or something. And like, they're going on and on about this chick being hot and like, you know, him doing her and it just wouldn't end. And you could tell that like Tony Soprano didn't want to talk about it. He's like, yeah, she's hot. Okay, like, <laughs> let's go. Like, I agree yeah. to your mess, your, your stupid dude thing. And, like, just they wouldn't stop. They were like, oh, she's good at blowjobs, right? She's good at this. Like, it wouldn't end. And I know exactly that experience. And it's so upsetting when you're, like, like, you're like, dude, just go away. Like, how do you... Dude, you're making us all look bad right now, you fucker. And it's also like, is this really how you think? Right. You know, like, I, like, of course, I like sex, too, and, like, the things, but I don't want to talk to you about it. I don't want to talk to you about it. Yeah, yeah, it seems the weirdest thing ever. It, it I never I'm never gonna get it, you know. Like it's just stupid people, dude. And that's reading this There's shit. Way more stupid people than there are fucking not stupid. Yeah, but just reading this shit makes you go like, dude, what the fuck? It, like, how did you even? I wouldn't even be able to talk to another dude at that time because I mean I feel like I'd walk up to somebody and they'd just be like racism, sexism, racism, <laughs> and I was just like, what the? I just got here, bro. Like, What's your name? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's <laughs> like everything that everyone says. Yeah, time machines would suck. <laughs> yeah, it would suck. You get out of the car. You get out of the thing. You'd be like, fuck this. Like, like, absolutely frustrated. 
I feel like it would ruin everyone you want to meet. Exactly. <laughs> like, I feel like you'd be like, oh my God, it's fucking Abraham Lincoln. And he would just be like dropping end bombs. Okay. And you're just like, what the fuck, bro? Like, <laughs> like, it's like, what? Who taught you manners, man? Like, yeah. I guess that's history. Yeah. You know? That is history. People are racist. As the stars is a simple fender bender, escalated into threats of kidnapping and rocks flying through windows. Cop what? Was lucky, talk about road rage. Was lucky to find a policeman who actually gave a fuck. <laughs> it says give a fuck. It was written like that in the article. I'm like, yeah. I'm not changing that. <laughs> Patterson, sh- Patterson Sheriff Heath, the only member of the makeshift police force who seemed to take the situation seriously and didn't fear the very aggressive Kaufman, it was a fun fact, actually shorter than Constance, did what National Rifle Association member would advise. He gave the three cop women revolvers. See, like, I do feel like there's a few people back then that were just like, this is stupid. Everybody's stupid. <laughs> like, I'm like, these are people. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, the papers had a field day. That This was an era long before you could order a, pink, a gun in pink, purple, or Tiffany blue. Oh, for a chance to shoot at the nasty prowlers, the Mrs. Cop maintaining Seagull in home would just love to turn gas on blackmailers, read one headline, while another newspaper ran the following illustration. Oh, we have this, we'll use this in the image when I, po- when I post. Uh, yeah, it's this like, cool image of three women holding guns uh, that are dressed up in these cool like old-timey dresses from like that time, uh, from like the early 1900s. It's very cool. Um, it kind of reminds me of, um, cause it's not actually, it's a little before this, um, Bonnie and Clyde that, uh, I actually know a good amount about now. There's a lot of misconceptions about that story. Clyde was not gay. He did get raped in prison though. And he killed his rapist. Um, nice. yeah, he went to, he went to prison for a small period of time. I want to say about a year, maybe a little over. And there was one dude that was known at the prison for being like the enforcer. And this is back in the day when prisons were like the worst. And he was at a particularly bad prison. And this guy was basically known for enforcing everything. So they just kind of ignored when he decided to rape somebody or do something terrible. And I guess he chose uh, Clyde as his like, you know, he decided Clyde was the most attractive or something. And um, he went after Clyde for over a year. And then he set up uh, um, Clyde and another inmate that was a lifer, set up a, a like um, a, a situation where the, the, the lifer said he would take the blame mm-hmm. for what Clyde was going to do. And he like, I don't remember the exact arrangement. I think it was a pipe or something, but he somehow got like a weapon or a pipe or something, led him into a, a cell and broke his skull open. And the other guy just took the, you know, the credit for the kill. And, and yeah, so because Clyde only had a little more time to get out and that's how he ended up killing his rapist. But that's That's where a lot of the rumors about Clyde being a a homosexual comes from. It was just that he like, unfortunately was a victim uh, in prison. He very much loved, you know, Bonnie and Mm -hmm. Bonnie definitely loved him. And he tried to convince her to like not come along and stuff like that. They also were involved with like, Bonnie and Clyde, like they had their brother and like brother and husband's wife, like Clyde's uh, brother was there, I think, and his uh, his wife too, like did a lot of the scams and the robberies. We should cover them eventually. 
Very punk rock. <laughs> Although the revolvers never ever saw action, they did come in handy, if for nothing else but impairment. <clears throat> One of the blackmail letters the cop sisters received claimed that if they didn't bring the thousand dollars to women in black at specific location on a specific night, Florentine would be kidnapped. Constance was more than willing to take the risk, especially with Sheriff Heath and his associates going undercover and staking out the entire area around the meeting point. Instead of cash, Constance packed her revolver in her handbag, though that's where it stayed. She waited on the corner for over an hour, but no one showed up. Huh. So she actually went to go, like, drop off the money. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, no one was there? Yeah. That's weird, man. Yeah, I think she was was probably going to shoot him. And then he just didn't show up or whoever was going to. Oh, that would have been awesome. You show up to give somebody a, a <laughs> ransom and you just shoot him. That's fun. Right that's pretty face, baller. Dude, that would be so fun. I have to say, that's pretty baller. <laughs> you're like, wow, you're stupid. It's like, it's like, oh, you showed up? Where's my fucking shit? <laughs> like, that shit, that shit baller. That's pretty baller. Eventually another letter arrived, this time disguised as a helping hands. George Ewing, later revealed to be one of Kaufman's men, wrote that he knew of the plot to abduct Florentine and asked for a meeting. Already having been on one reckoned mission, Constance was prepared to serve as bait yet again. She met Ewing at a train station in Somerville, where, according to Stewart, he came from behind her and lay a hand on her shoulder. I live near Somerville. I've used the Somerville like train station. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. You want a seltzer? No, thank you. We're drinking seltzers, the official drink of Straight Edge. <laughs> it's so good. Seltzer's so good. According to one article, Constance physically shook him off, which made him run. According to another, she kept him engaged long enough to obtain a handwriting sample from him. Really? What actually happens, we may never know, but Ewing figured out that something was wrong. And as Constance fled, the sheriff and his deputies chased and caught Ewing. Was yeah, that's the worst thing about stories, what you just said. We'll never know. Yeah. Because there's so many situations where it's like conflicting stories and they both kind of make sense. And then you have to kind of rationalize what kind of made sense, what, like, what made more sense. But sometimes it's just there is no really way of saying it. It's just like two situations. We don't know what's going on. With the help of a handwriting specialist... Um, both he and Kaufman were eventually convicted of abusing the males with their threats, as in, like, the Postal Service. Oh. Don't want to fuck with the Postal Service. After Constance's... It's the whole going postal thing. ...help in the cause case against Henry Kaufman, Sheriff Heath appoint, appointed her under sheriff, making her the first woman ever to receive such a distinction. Just because of this whole situation, she became a sheriff. Because she helped him, I guess. That's crazy. An author who had written a book about Constance has stated, There's no Wikipedia page about Constance Hope. No one's ever written anything about her. She's not even in the literature about women in law enforcement. While there is one mention of her in the new edition of Police Woman, A History, the author is unclear as to whether it was Constance or Florentine who received the auspicious title. I mean, it's pretty clear. I mean, one was a... What? I don't even understand how that person got that confused. According to a rather ambitious 1916 article in the New York Times, Constance received a 
gold-plated badge and a gold-plated pair of handcuffs, which she apparently then carried in her handbag. While Constance did carry her revolver and her handbag well out, it is very hard to believe that such expense was actually made for handcuffs and a badge. More plausible is that the article was attempting to paint Constance as a feminine or frivolous with such expensive accessories. Among headlines she inspired were Punky Girl Sheriff and Silk Manufacturer Fine for Fractious, fractious with Woman. So they're basically trying to say that like she dressed fancy. Yeah. And they're trying to say that, that they don't know how true that was because they thought it might have been like just a word to the character of who this person is. I, I they do that sometimes. Like they'll they'll paint characters as like weird people or dressing odd. Um they always gotta bring up the way women dress. Yeah. Like they did they, they constantly fucking talk about it. They don't ever talk about anybody else's <laughs> style. Um, no evidence that Constance was a card-carrying suffrage has come up. Constance did speak very much like a feminist today. Some women prefer to stay at home and take care of the house, let them. There are plenty who like that kind of work enough to do it. Others want something to do that will take them out among people and affairs. A woman should have the right to do any sort of work she wants to, provided she can do it. Damn. Yeah, this was a, an interesting one. Um, it, it was kind of situational. Yeah. Like, I feel like she, the, out of the other people we, we covered, uh, most of them were kind of like almost destined from birth to like be revolutionaries mm-hmm. where this person was a little more so like she got into a situation and she just like held her own and did the right thing and ended up becoming like important in some way. Um, it's pretty cool. I mean, all these people have been pretty cool, uh, that we've, we've done, um, We've been keeping it a little short because, like, you know, I, I, I don't know how to best put this, but we can't read books, like, seven yeah. books every week. Uh, there are some characters and people that we, we are eventually going to cover. Uh, like, I want to do Abbott and Costello, that we're going to do an intense, like, co- covering of that story. I don't know how many episodes that'll be. Um, I think about two, probably. Uh, we'll probably do one we focus on Abbott. And then one we focus on Costello. I think that's the best way to approach that. Um, a lot of their story is going to go together. And I do know that they still have relatives that are alive. That Like I think his his daughter, uh, Costello, runs a religious uh, network in a uh, radio station in New Jersey. Uh, and she runs the fan club still. So um, my father's part of the fan club. So I'm going to try and reach out to that. Um, but yeah, we're going to do more intense deep dives uh as we go on but uh right now we have to get ready for um a live a live feed that uh, uh is going to happen way after we post this so it doesn't really matter that i even mention it um so yeah guys thank you again for listening uh have a good time and uh we love you Don't listen. That was a weird voice. Bye.